The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today we have episode 149. At the end, I will be reading a chapter or section from trying not to die at grandma's house continuing that story not sure if i'm doing a death scene or not i think they're kind of long but we shall find out first this week uh this week was all right not as positive as last week well actually that's not true depends on what i focus on i could either focus on missing two workouts and feel a little run down also being a little bummed like on both on friday and on tuesday uh my son stayed home well, actually, he went to school, but he had a headache. So he came home with a headache on Friday and then again on Monday or Tuesday. And they were off school on Monday. So I really didn't get a lot of work done those days. Um, and then Wednesday, he decided to stay home too because his head was, he still said he had a headache. It was hard to know whether or not it was legitimate or not. Sometimes he makes stuff up, sometimes he just wants to get out of school. But I remember that he had a really bad concussion while a blow to the head playing basketball like eight days before. So I was like, damn it, it's probably from that. So I was kind of upset at myself for not realizing that. Took him to our NUCA doctor, Dr. Wong in uh, Alhambra, and he did an amazing job. Well, he, he, I was able to see that Jake was really out of alignment. Had one shoulder was off, one leg was off. Um, and uh, Dr. Wong adjusted him, and so now he's back at school. So missing those workouts had a little bit of a negative effect, but then I was able to go and see my parents. I hadn't seen them in a while. I took Jake over there. That was a lot of fun. It held on us, so that was cool. So it ended up being a good day. Um, finally made an appointment for my neurologist to go over my results from oh, two months ago. Been putting that shit off. Just been so busy. It just And I haven't been feeling like writing part two of the TBI book. Just got so much other stuff going on. A lot of that's because I'm so focused on try not to die. Uh, it felt really good. I got back at grandma's house off to Anthony Spock. Um, I had a great meeting with Caitlin. I talked about last week where, you know, I have about a month, month and a half before she gives me her finished, uh, summer camp or the rough draft. And so I was like, okay, what do I do? I said, this is awesome. I finally have time to work on my own shit. What am I going to write? What am I going to work on? Uh, so I went to my office, I pulled out, uh, ain't no Messiah. The early years tells, tells of the blessed and broken the early years. Cause those are all short stories. Um, that'd be super fast to do. I already have a lot of them created, but I was like, well, how far am I going to get in this? And then I realized it's like, fuck, death fest has been sitting there forever. Trying to die at death fest, which I'm writing with my buddy, Glenn. It's been sitting nearly complete for a very long time. Um, which is my fault because I have not done anything with it. I, you know, I was supposed to be working on death scenes. I was supposed to be doing other, but then it was always like, either I'm working on a Western, either I'm working on Wizards Tower, I'm trying to do some marketing, something's coming up. So Glenn and I had an awesome conversation yesterday. I apologize to him for being such a shitty co-author. Sorry, Glenn. Uh, but the cool thing is we're going to get it done. So it's really close to being finished. It's going to be really cool. That one should be out this year. Um, I'd really like to create a graph with all the different books and word count just so I can kind of judge where everyone is. And another cool thing, well, cool and not cool was when I was going through my stack of all the try not to dies that are currently being worked on. I saw several that I've just 
kind of lost touch with the uh, authors. But Buddy Walter, um, we had such a great start to his. We came up with it really quick. But then, you know, life gets in the way. So Trent has to die and Watts. Uh, that one's kind of on pause. There's a bunch of other ones. Uh, but also reconnected with several of these authors over the last two weeks. And they're excited that there's going to be a board game. Um, had an awesome talk with my lawyer about the board game and the contract. Uh, he's fixing that up. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited. There is lots of... See, now I'm in a good mood. I'm in a positive mood because I'm no longer focusing on the negative. So I just need to do more of that. Um, what? Oh, and another great thing happened. Uh, one, well, hired the narrator for uh, the German version of Morsels, Morsels of Mayhem. But the nice thing is that already passed um, the Audible review. So that's already at Amazon and... Uh, Audible. So, and it should be all the other retailers very soon if it's not already, because I'm putting it up on two places. So that's really cool. I suggest you check that out. I will play that. No, and I'll probably just start playing that after Grandma's House. I'll finish this up. Then we'll go into Morsels of Mayhem. And then hopefully by the time that's done, we'll have like Transcide and the Wizard's Tower to listen to or something fun like that. I know uh, Sage is uh, starting to record that one. So a lot of really cool stuff happening. Yeah, so so much of it, I think, is perspective. But today's going to be an awesome day. I'm making it that. Got up early just to record this. It's barely 6 in the morning. For this, I will make breakfast, help the kids get ready for school, take them to school, go work out, come back, edit this, do my newsletter, and then I will work on Death Plus because that's going to be awesome. And I'm excited about doing that. So uh, Glenn and I are going to be having our meetings once a week. That means I got to get my shit to them. Uh, he's going to give stuff to me, and we are going to knock out this book, which is awesome. So, very cool. Um, what else? What else? There was something else. Uh, the German edition of Twisted Reunion. That should be coming out in a day or two. Toten Tanz. Uh, Nico, who's my co-author on Transdite in the Rhine, he's my proofreader on that. So, he went over that. That cleaned it all up. It's ready to be put up. I just need to do it. So, maybe I will do that today as well. So that's really all I have going on. As far as free books, we have Try Not to Die in the Pandemic. So pick that up. That one is free right now until I believe the 21st. I actually screwed up on it. It was supposed to be free like a day earlier, but I messed up. All worked out though. So pick that up while it's free. Also, the audiobook is $2.99 on Apple and Chirp. Then next week, I believe, starting, check these dates. But next week, Trent and I in the Wizard's Tower will be free on Kindle. I believe that one is free starting on the 23rd. So, yeah, that should be, yep, February 23rd to 27th. That one's free. And then the following week, we'll finally have Twisted Reunion out. All right, so that's what is free. I almost forgot. We have reader questions. Today's reader is Kim Ray Bruder. Her question, what made you decide to start writing? How did it feel when you first got published? So when I decided to start writing, I would say when I really, really knew I wanted to write was when I was flying across country, uh, see a girlfriend, this was like 22, 23-ish, and uh, just had this idea for a serial killer, uh, flight attendant. I And so it was half that, half his point of view, half this team of cops point of view uh i've been reading a lot of cop stories a lot of uh was it kellerman and um some dean coons and i guess a lot of patterson had that type of stuff in it so i was reading a lot of that 
um, and idea, and then I just couldn't stop the idea. After that, I played around with different things. Um, actually, even before that, I think I was working on a fantasy novel uh, that I never did anything with, but I had fun creating it. So that one was more creating, not really writing, um, but it was right around that time, probably like between 21 to 24, where I really got bit by it. I was like, okay, I want to write. I've joined this. As I got a little bit older, that's when I started sell, you know, writing the short stories and starting to sell those, um, which goes into the second question. How did it feel when you first got published? That was pretty amazing. Yeah, I can't remember what my first sell of a story was. It might have been Black Ink Horror. I think I was in like four or five of their um, little anthologies, which was really cool. So thank you to them for giving me that break because having something published, I don't know if I even got paid on those or on the first one or it was like five bucks in copies or 10 bucks in copies or whatever it was. But that gave me so much um, confidence because I knew how many people were submitting. I was submitting to so many different places. And so knowing what your numbers are, like the, the odds of getting accepted, then all the self-doubt. And so when they started taking my stories, that was awesome. Um, where else? Uh, I think my first professional sale was Bound for Evil or what was it? Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think Bound for Evil was my first pro sale. And there was another one, uh, Thou Shall Not. Um, but again, that was like probably 200 bucks for the short story. So it wasn't a lot of money. At the time, I was hurting for money. So it definitely helped. But it wasn't like it was going to make a difference. So I wasn't writing for that at all. I just wanted to get my work out there. I wanted to yeah, publish as much as I could. And the nice thing with all those short stories is I was able to reuse the good ones, fix them up, like re rework them, and put them in Twisted Reunion or Untold Mayhem. Yeah, someone untold, untold. So that was nice. That's one thing I encourage lots of uh, authors to do. It's like make sure you just have those rights if you're selling your stories. That way you could repurpose them, reuse them. Uh, Twisted Reunion is probably my, well, it has the most ratings out of all my stuff. And so definitely a fan favorite. But uh, yeah, so that's what it felt like. It felt pretty incredible to know that someone wanted to pay me for my work or just wanted to share my work. So that was an amazing feeling uh, for all of you guys that are writers that are trying to get published. Just keep at it. Um, yeah, find the people that enjoy your writing. That will help make it better. Because, uh, yeah, it doesn't help when you just give it to a family member. Like, oh, yeah, that's great. It's like, no, it's not. It sucks. Um, but people don't want to hurt your feelings. And being okay with editors and readers saying, hey, this part doesn't work right here. And this doesn't, you know, I think sometimes it's easy to get defensive and want to really protect our work because it's part of us. But then we realize, like, no, this is just how it came out. And now someone else is going to help fix it up. So that's it. Why don't we get into story time? Let's do it. Let's do some grandma's house. All right. Last week, you had to make a decision. You, Sam was starting to take off towards the forest, uh, into the woods where your grandpa told you not to go. And so your decisions were, do you drag Sam back to the house? Do you call for grandpa Joe? Or do you follow Sam? I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, let's say, drag Sam back to the house. Page 145. Let's see. Is it a death scene? Is it not a death scene? All right. Stay behind me. <clears throat> let's try that shit again. 
Stay behind me, I say, but Sam just pushes me and heads into the woods. The ground is covered with dead leaves and twigs, crunching under our sneakers. The birds squawk like they're trying to warn us. Come on, Sam, I'm hungry. You are not. You're just scared. I hate feeling like a baby next to my little sister. She's holding the knife out like a hunter, her step so much lighter than mine. Something moves to our left and we spin. I grab Sam's arm as she steps towards the sound. I picture a snake, 10 feet long. It's fangs sharper than Sam's rusty knife, but it's just a rabbit. Sam shakes her <clears throat> off my hand and gives me a look like I'm stupid. We keep moving through the trees. I don't see any other animals, but something's watching us. I just know it. Look, Sam says and jogs up to a tree. She runs her fingers over three huge horizontal gashes in the bark. It's got to be the bear. Now another giant creature is in my head. Sam gets down on her knees and swipes away the leaves. She's looking for tracks. We don't even know where they found him, I say. If you want to know so bad, let's just ask Grandpa. Shh. Sam's so still it almost makes me piss my pants. What the hell is she hearing? Let's go. Shut up, David. Sam crouches and moves towards something to the right. I try to step lightly, knowing one wrong crunching step will send whatever's over there charging at us. It might be my imagination, but I swear I hear a snarl. It's probably the last thing Tim heard before whatever it is ripped off his face. Suddenly, Sam stops, turns in a circle. Whatever she was following is gone. She looks up at the trees as though it climbed up somewhere. It's probably a squirrel, I say, even though I know it wasn't. Squirrels don't snarl, even in West Virginia. Sam puts her knife back in her pocket and breathes through her nose. It seems she's finally ready to go back. I follow her a few steps till she stops again, looks left and right. Crap, she says. You hear something? No, I just don't remember where we came from. What? I was turning around and... I look around. Everything is the same. More trees, dead leaves, a few fallen logs, slivers of sunlight carving through the branches above. My watch says we only have 15 minutes before breakfast. For some reason, I'm more nervous about being late than being lost. Sam checks every tree looking for the three gashes, but we can't find our marker. I know we should have just stayed inside. What's that? Sam asks. She squints. I look into the forest and see what seems to be a wall. We head towards it and realize it's not a wall. It's a fence. The wood has been stained to match the color of the bark all around us. The nails are shiny. It must have been put up recently. It's no ordinary fence, though. Fifteen feet high and thick enough to withstand a truck ramming it. Sam puts her hand against it. What do you think is on the other side? I don't care, I say. Grandpa says if we get to the fence, we'll turn our butts around. It's got to be huge. I don't care what it is. We shouldn't even be here. This is the fence. We need to head back the opposite way. Breakfast is... I trail off. There's something moving on the other side. It's pacing back and forth. Stalking might be the better word. Let me stand on your shoulders, Sam says. She pulls me towards the fence. What? I need to look over. No, we're going back. Sam scowls at me, then picks up a rock. I think she's going to throw it at me, but she holds it at her side and looks up at the fence. Her fingers curl to get a better grip. She starts to throw it over when... I wouldn't do that. A little boy is standing about 30 feet from us. Dark curly hair sits on his head like a bird's nest. He's shirtless, covered in dirt. He's missing teeth and staring at us with mean, beady eyes. He's a bit younger than Sam, but looks just as ornery. What's it to you? Sam asks. Ain't me I'm worried about. Well, I'm throwing it. Only gonna piss him off. Maybe I should throw it at you. I've seen this play out too many times with kids in the neighborhood. Sam won't back down and someone's hurt. I decided to divert Sam's instincts and ask the boy, What's over the fence? Ain't got a name, but you want no part of it. Well, I ain't scared, Sam says. Yeah? Yeah. 
Your brother weren't scared of nothing either. My gut twists up. Sam's mouth is open, but nothing's coming out. I've never seen her speechless like this, and it's making me shake. Finally, I say, how do you know our brother? The boy flashes his toothless grin and takes off running. Hey, Sam calls out and starts to follow. I grab her arm. Leave him alone. I don't know why I'm stopping her. Something about that kid just freaks me out. It's like he expects us to follow him, like he wants to lead us into a trap. Sam says, he knows Tim. You mean new. Shut up, David. No, I followed you all the way out here like you wanted, but we need to get back. We don't have much time. You want to be late? They'll never let us go out on our own again. Sam looks at the fence. Whatever's on the other side is still stalking back and forth. Its breath sounds like it's fighting through snot, like it's got a cold. Sam turns and stares into the dark woods where the boy went running. I regret not letting her catch him, but he's vanished. If we try to follow, we'll likely end up more lost than we already are. If Grandpa has to come looking for us, I don't want to know what he'll do. All right, guys, decision time. So we have, you can head back to the house, turn to page 54, find a way to look over the fence, page 87, or follow the boy, turn to page 52. All right, hopefully you guys are enjoying this little story. Um, and uh, yeah, I will read the next part next time. Maybe I'll read one of the death scenes, depends. Depends on how much sleep I get when I record this. Right now, I'm still a little bit sleepy. All right, guys, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this story, and I will see you next week. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.